Hey there, I'm Paul Lighting. You're listening to L.O. Governor, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Illegarner the Podcast. I'm Abdullah, and with me as always is Tom. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing all right, thank you. Uh, this one's going to be like a real quick episode, because there's not much to talk about, but I w- really wanted to get another episode out there, because I didn't want you guys to wait for like uh, another week or two until we get <laughs> our next episode out, because I'm really busy with shit. Yeah, so... But, uh, uh, but anyway, um, we already talked about Extreme Rules, and we did all the predictions and all that shit, you know, last time. So if you want our opinion on, opinions on that pay-per-view, listen to the last episode. But uh, speaking of WWE and stupidity... Oh, yeah. You want to go first? So apparently, uh, I didn't even know about this until like I read about it on the internet, but like <clears throat> um, apparently they, they're banning the curb stomp. Because it's they're afraid that people might mimic it or some shit like that. I don't even know what what um, what the whole thing is, to be quite honest. Well, I've been reading about this myself, and um, apparently the curb stomp they they're worried about it because, um, as as you know, um, WWE don't like doing moves that primarily could possibly give a high risk of head injuries or brain damage, as as like known as as well. So they're talking about um, not abolishing the curve stomp because they don't want to risk the wrestlers who have to take the move to accidentally mess up it and injure themselves on it. And that that kind of makes sense, but when you build an entire character like yeah. Seth Rollins, and that's his thing. Yep. That's his entire fucking gimmick. Oh, yeah. 100%. And... Um, I can understand why they're doing it. I can seriously do because, uh, be quite frank, it's um, it, it is, is is a logical thing behind it because people can get hurt with it because that that's the reason why the flying headbutt move has been removed and a few others. So it, it is a dangerous move and it's understandable why they got rid of it. But you know, it happens unfortunately. At least it's much more. Um... It, it's much more understandable than them banning the knife at chop. Like they went through that period where, when Flair left, they banned the knife at chop and nobody did it. Yeah, <laughs> we went they, that period and no one did the knife at chop. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. I think they wanted everyone to just forget about Ric Flair for a little bit, you know. <laughs> it was dumb. Oh, again, this is WD we're talking about. Did you even see Raw? Um. Um. 
Mm, what happened on Raw, quickly? Um, <laughs> it, it was a funny Raw. It was a funny Raw because like Kane was everywhere. Yeah, like, they're Kane. really hammering him in, into the Seth Rollins and Randy Orton feud, which is fucking hilarious in, in and of itself. Yeah, I saw that. It's kind of weird. And now he's quote unquote the keeper of the gate, which is so fucking retarded. Yeah, very, very, very stupid. And also, I saw a load of other stuff around it as well. Like they had the whole um, what is it as well? They had the whole was it like um, Roman Reigns going around and and got in a fight with Bo Dallas, and it, I don't know what happened with when when Roman Reigns did that spear, but um best way to describe it um i don't know who fault is or reckon it's a bit of both it's that bo dallas didn't sell that spear whatsoever and roman reigns didn't put any effort into actually doing the spear i really don't blame them because it was a stupid segment and why should they bother that is true yeah well again roman reigns you think to yourself oh yeah we could build roma roma reigns again up up for SummerSlam, so he could probably beat steph Rollins for the WWE championship no we're just going to put him in pointless views and um have him have let him have stupid segments and try to get the Get him over that way. Yeah, let's get the guy over by putting him in a feud with the fucking Big Show. The fucking Big Show. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the Big Show. No, I, I think... But it wasn't as bad as the fucking botched RKO that Kofi did with, uh, with, with Orton and Kofi. Jesus Christ, that was fucking horrendous. <laughs> yeah, true. Like, I, I, when I watch that, I'm like, wow, after all these years, Kofi learned nothing with his encounter with Orton. No. <laughs> learned it's, it's, nothing. It's not like you scratch up his car, you threw paint across it, you got multiple RKO's, and, you know. Nothing it's like, oh my fucking God, Kofi, can you at least sell one fucking move of Orton's? Jesus Christ, stop botching your fucking spots. Yeah. The only thing is, Kofi's... I'm finally glad that New Day, actually, their WWE is like, yeah, maybe we should turn him heel. But yeah, again, let's give him even more horrible-looking matching outfits with all lime green. Because <laughs> it's Kofi, man. He has to wear that fucking bright green shit. Yeah. Well, again, Kofi looks good in it, but when you have all matching things... It doesn't help that they're all black, by the way. It's like, yeah. yep, people totally wear this in real life. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but, but no, it's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try. One of these things. How it goes. <laughs> it's wrestling. They they are aware of fucking terrible outfits, to be quite honest. Well, at least some of the wrestlers actually make it, you know, look cool and actually look presentable or, you know, actually give a shit. Oh, my God. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember Crush back in the in the early 90s? Oh, was he the guy that was that weird, multi, that kind of pattern suit or something like that? And then when they up. when they split up uh, demolition and one of them became the repo man and one of them became crush. Yes. Oh god. Oh god. Yes. Oh god. The outfits he would come out. To oh yeah. They were. That period of WWE was very very weird. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett in multiple strand leotards. You had repo man. 
you had the Mountie, you had Doink the Clown in the the adult, was it the Doink Juniors coming out as well? It was a weird period. Oh god, I love I love the feud with between Doink and and uh, what's his face Crush, where he's like, "You're making kids cry, brah. You're making kids cry, brah." Yeah, again, a very very weird weird period for Doink. That's just before they decided, yeah, maybe we should go at a bit towards more of an attitude. That was fucking hilarious. And then Crush turned heel, and then he started wearing black and purple and face paint again, which was just fucking hilarious. Yeah, Crush really does not know what to do with do with himself sometimes. Which, which like, is kind of weird because, like, you look at the later part of parts of his life, he got actually tutored by Randy Savage. So yeah, I know it was weird. Yeah, must have he must have impressed him to some degree to for him to take him under his wing. He's really, probably you know Randy Savage like, oh yeah, I see this kid. He got some potential, but the problem with him, he doesn't know what to do with it. He's all over the place, man. <laughs> Give him to me, and I can show him the ways, uh... and I'll show him the light. You know what, seeing as that we, we don't have a lot to talk about, should we do it? Should we do it, Tom? Oh, God, WCW. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Right. <laughs> For those that don't know, um, me and Dool are both huge fans of WCW back in the day. Um, we still, I would say, I would say we still are, <laughs> in retrospect. But we... We can admit that WCW was complete crap towards near towards the end of it, and even when it was good, it had some very very bad bits in it as well. And we love reminiscing about all the horrible stuff that happened during those times when everything went complete batshit insane. <laughs> oh God! Um, uh, let me just give you a little hint of of some of the stupid shit that went on back then. Like, if you think the current WWE product is bad, you have not seen an episode of Nitro. You oh, just have not. That or um, Thunder. Thunder was like, they didn't bother put any effort in. Literally, they wrote the script, like, on the night itself. God, wh- when we're talking about WCW, what angle can we even talk about? Because we'll sit here all day and talk about, like, one specific angle because it was just that fucking horrendous. Well, do you remember the grandma on a pole match? <laughs> oh, God. That was Buff Bagwell's um, grand, well, quote unquote, grandma. Was it uh, his actual grandma? No, it was some actress. I'm guessing. Yeah. Can't imagine that she would want to do that. Well, you never know. So again, it's like um, when you look at John Cena's dad; he's always up for getting his ass kicked by wrestlers. <laughs> or do you remember when Chris Jericho, when he had that bodyguard person, that really old man? Oh God, fat dude. Yeah, fat dude. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. I love Jericho in WCW because he was like one of the few bright spots in, in that company because he would cut amazing promos, but the management would just ignore him because he's like, oh, you know, he's a small guy. We're not going to push this guy. Yeah. He's no Goldberg, that. am I right? <laughs> Didn't they actually put him in a few for Goldberg at one point? Oh, oh, they did. I mean, and he petitioned constantly, constantly going to them and saying... I want a feud with Goldberg, I want a feud with Goldberg, but Goldberg being the piece of shit that he is, he's like, ah, nah. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. And and it just ended, and their entire feud ended with, like, a fucking stupid backstage sprawl. 
Oh, yeah. That didn't go down well. It's on the DVD. It's on Jericho's first DVD. Yeah. Oh, God, do you remember... Oh, what was that feud I'm trying to remember as well? Do you remember when... um, What's it? Um... When they okay, um, when they introduce um, what's it, free step? Oh god, <laughs> three count. I think yeah, three count. Yeah, oh my god, which is crazy because like all the all they're really talented in the ring. Their matches were really good, but the gimmick, Jesus Christ. The best way to describe them, they were the Spirit Squad before the Spirit Squad. <laughs> like the the matches they had were really good. But Jesus Christ, the the gimmick was just terrible. Like because again, this was the '90s, and boy bands were really big back then. And and some idiot decided, let's have a boy band faction because reasons. Why the fuck not? <laughs> Be fair, towards the end of the, the lifespan of WCW, I think there were more factions in WCW than they were during the good period of it. Because you had them, and you remember that one team that dressed up all in different multicolor army camo. Oh, my God. And they got in a few... G.I. Bro. Yeah, G.I. Bro got in a few with the... um, Oh, Rey Mysterio's lot. I cannot remember what they were called. I think they were the Latino World Order at some point. Yeah, that's it, yeah. It's like, was Rey Mysterio's, Picosis, Super Crazy. It was like all the Latin wrestlers at the time. Chavo Guerrero, I think, was one of the other members as well. And, oh, my God, it was so bad. Um... Also, oh, God, and who could forget Bill DeMont as ma- major huge erection? Oh, oh my God. fucking God. <laughs> they were bad. They were bad. Oh, you you remember when they all got in a fight in a swimming pool? Oh. <laughs> For no reason. They all jumped into to a swimming pool and start wrestling. <laughs> and what's weirder is, like, I remember them... Uh, Three count holding the hardcore title. All of them. Didn't matter. Yeah. They just held the hardcore title. They didn't hold any other belt. And who Which was kind of weird. Just like, it, you have a faction made up of three guys, but they all share like one title. How the fuck does that work? Um, logic? <laughs> oh, and who could forget fucking Vince Russo as WCW champion? Jesus Christ. Yeah, who can forget that? Well... Do you remember when um, Vince Russo, when him and Eric Bischoff team off, um, teamed up and they formed the New Blood? Oh, the New Blood versus the Millionaires Club. One of the yeah. stupidest fucking angles I've seen in my life. Okay, this is the annoying thing with this angle I remember about it, was that it had potential, but the problems were it went on for too long and one side just kept dominating all the time. The, the problem was... You had the old guys be the faces, and the new guys be the heels. That exactly. makes no fucking sense. Yeah, exactly. That that what I mean. That's, that that literally does make no sense at all. And that was the huge problem with it. And um, whereas Eric Bischoff came back, didn't him and um, didn't him and um, Ric Flair had a load of problems. Oh God, yeah. I, I mean, if you have not seen the documentary that WWE released on the network with with um, Rick about Flair. that, yeah. It, Ooh boy, yeah. <laughs> it's out. It's also it's out of print now, and I highly doubt it's ever going to go on the WWE network. Is called um, Rick Flair and the Four Horsemen DVD they did, and Rick Flair went in the full full detail about that whole problem 
with it. No, he did. He did go full detail on it recently in the, oh, okay. the Monday Night War one that oh, they okay. released. That's good. They probably reused some of the footage or asked him some new questions about it. Then I'm yeah, guessing because I mean, what happened was he got fired and and everyone was chanting, "We want Flair, we want Flair." And then when he was brought back, they did this whole segment with the Four Horsemen, and he came out. The the pop was huge, <laughs> and Flair being Flair, he did not give a shit. He just he was like, "I'm not, I'm not gonna cut a promo. I'm just gonna shoot. Yeah, I'm just gonna straight up shoot on Bischoff." And he did, and Bischoff came out, and it was unscripted, and he, Flair basically told him, "Fire me. I'm already fired. Yeah, I don't care." Yeah, he said, "I'm you're a liar, you're a cheater, you're a scumbag. Yeah, fire me." It was literally one of the most amazing things that possible. And also, the weird thing about that was the fact that. That would have been a perfect moment to capitalize on that and try to break up the NWO in some sort of formal fashion or lead into a break of the NWO. Nope, um, the new the horsemen completely got their asses handed to them. Because that was the problem. Because like Flair was unhappy that with the NWO angle because he was getting pushed to the side and he was like being put in mid card feuds and he's Rick fucking Flair and you don't put him in mid card feuds. <laughs> No, because this is Rick motherfucking Flair. You don't do that shit to him. He literally... He got pissed off at that, and then there was the scheduling conflicts, and he's like, okay, I'm just done doing Nitro. I got to fly to to here to pick up my son. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, we need you to do Thunder. And he's like, fuck that. I'm not doing Thunder. Yeah, that's what I mean. A lot of... Just the thing was, was with Thunder. Thunder was supposed to be... There was supposed to be like their equivalent of SmackDown. That was the whole point of Thunder. And the problem was with Thunder was that um, a lot of the big star wrestlers did not want to wrestle on Thunder. And most of the time, that was the problem. So there was a lot of scheduling conflict, like like you just said, like big wrestlers like Ric Flair, Hogan. Um, I'm trying to... A few others did not want to wrestle on Thunder most of the time. Mm-hmm. It was a huge problem. And then, do you remember when they actually brought in live music acts in the third hour? Oh, Kiss? Jesus yeah, that, the Kiss segment. Yeah, that was literally one of the worst things I've ever seen that they did on there. Like, that it just, it just stop, the show just stops and then it becomes like one giant concert segment to, of Kiss uh, yeah. badly lip-syncing. It was just fucking terrible. Yeah, I remember that. That was not, that was not fun. That was not even, that was not even bad funny. That was just bad and it was regarded one of the worst moments in WCW um, history. But, yeah, again, speaking of worst moments, I think no doubt, no argue whatsoever, the worst moment in their history has to be none other than, than um, David Arquette being the WCW champion. And he won it on an episode of Thunder, not even Nitro. Keep no. that in mind. Yeah, so he won it. It was in, like, what was it, like a triple, was it like a handicap? Match or triple threat or something like that. I mean, no, no. You watch the match and 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 um, they're not even the the you know him and Bischoff aren't even the um Main the focus. the legal men. No. It was DDP and uh, and Jeff Jarrett, but the ref counted for some unknown reason. Both of them pinned at the same time, and and the ref counted um, Arquette's pin first. Yeah, which makes no fucking sense because he was not the legal man. Yeah, so he counted him, and Arquette pay became the WCW champion, and it didn't last long. No, no, but... watch, watch, watch that again, and, and listen to the reaction of the commentators. 
All of them are shocked. Um, Bobby Heenan is just disgusted. Yeah. And Tony Schiavone is just trying his best to try to sell this thing, and he's just, you know, he's got nothing. Yeah, all of them, I'm guessing all of them didn't know about that. I'm guessing that they probably did not tell them that then. It just, it was awful. Yeah. Horrendous. Definitely. But, um, I, and then they, um, because of that, the reason why that happened was because there was a film coming out around the time, and I think it was already out or it was coming out around the time, which was called Ready to Rumble. And it, it was, from, it was pretty much a, pretty much what the wizard was for Nintendo for WCW. Best way to put it. And it was really funny because, like, you watch that, um, movie, and it's not even, they didn't even film it at the Thunder Arena. It was a, Badly built in small set. Yep. And, and they, that was how terrible it was. <laughs> yeah. They didn't double minute, they didn't bother the film and Nitro they didn't bother the film. Yeah, it was a badly made set and they, they invented this new match that they did introduce into the main WCW brand, which called which was it the free the the double the triple cage match. Where it's like three cages on top of each other, you'd think to yourself, okay, how can you do this? Like, there's like one cage, a small cage, and then an even smaller cage, and you have to get all the way up to the top, get the belt, and that was it. And then what's funny is like you watch that movie; they didn't even have the um, the original WCW World Heavyweight Championship to film it. And what they did was they they got a replica and spray painted it silver. <laughs> oh god, that was bad. And then, then you, there was it. Even the main wrestler who was the champion in the film um, at the very beginning. He's not even an actual wrestler on the roster. With the made-up oh, Oliver Platt as Jimmy King. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had what was it? You had like what was it? Was DDP the main bad guy in the film? Yeah, and it didn't make sense why DDP, DDP was a heel when he was feuding with Jarrett at the time. It would have made so, more sense. Yeah. Would have made more sense. Jeff Jarrett was the bad guy in the film, but you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe DBT DDP was more um, was more into it. You know, no, because um, Jarrett wasn't signed with them at the time. Oh, really? Okay. When when the movie came out, like when when they were shooting, he wasn't signed at the time. They were they, they shot it in 1999. He didn't come in until like 2000. Well, what an asshole. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't care with Jeff Joe. Jeff Joe is the biggest douchebag. It is going, and he's not a nice bloke. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've, I mean, I've softened up on some guys in the recent years. I mean, I don't hate Bischoff as much as I used to. Yeah. But Jared, Jesus Christ. Well, he's the homewreck of the starts. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the other thing that I think the other thing that which I remember quite a bit as well. Do you remember when Bret Hart came into the company? No, I remember that because um, remember uh, Starcade nineteen ninety six with yeah. with Hogan. Uh, was it ninety six or ninety seven with Hogan and Sting? I think it was ninety seven. Um, let me just double check that, but I think it's ninety seven. Because watch that match again. The finish was botched. Where the referee was supposed to go for a fast count, but he counted normally. So Hogan yeah. did end up beating Sting clean. But the, the finish was, uh, the the ref was supposed to count fast, and then Hogan wins the title, and then Bret Hart comes out and says, restart the match. Yeah. And that was, that was supposed to be the original ending. But yeah. you watch that match again, and the referee counts normal. 
like, what the fuck? Yeah, that, that was the problem. And then also, the annoying thing was with that as well, that was, what was it, like a year, whole year build-up to that match as well? Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, there were the other controversy was Sting kind of looked out of shape, and I watched the match again, and yeah, he did. He yeah. looked out of shape. Yeah, it was kind of weird because, like, a year later, he would drop the, all the weight that he gained after that. Yeah, and didn't um, Larry Larry Lubisco wrestled on that card as well? Oh, against Scott Hall, jeez. Oh no, against that that, that feud Bischoff. was awful. <laughs> yeah, because Larry Lubisco got in a feud with Eric Bischoff, and um, Scott Hall was a part of that feud as well. But Bret Hart was a special guest referee in that match. Awful booking, fucking awful booking. Yeah, because um, Lubisco did went um, did go on and face Scott Hall at um, he did go on to face him at the following pay per view. After that, and uh, what was the other stuff I remember as well? You remember when they brought in Warrior? No, I'll do you one better. Remember when they were hyping up War uh, Hogan saying, I've got an ultimate surprise for you guys back in 95, and it was Renegade. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got an ultimate surprise, brother. And it just turned out to be Renegade, who Renegade was just a poor man version of um, Warrior, unfortunately. I mean... It- as much as I harp on Ryback for being a Goldberg ripoff, he's nothing compared to Renegade. Oh he's no, Renegade. nothing compared to him. Oh yeah, Renegade had the hair, he had the face paint, he had even his promos was even warrior like as well. <laughs> I've got the ultimate surprise, brothers, and it's just Renegade, and oh my god, <laughs> it was not good. And what's funny was when they when they finally got Warrior, they only got him to do like one Hogan uh, to come in and do like a feud with Hogan, and we all know how that turned out. Well, well, that's what I mean. Um, um, basically, um, what happened was they brought him in, and um, a lot a lot of the speculation was that he um, they only brought him in because Hogan wanted to have at least a win over Warrior, you know, because of WrestleMania. Four? Was it four? Or five? Five. Five, yeah, five. And um, he wanted a win. He Essentially, he wanted a win over Warrior. And so he came in, Warrior lost the match. And by the way, that match was the most, well, one of the most golden highlights of their career, to be honest, because they completely... I mean, as much as I end. hate that match, I mean, as much as... I, I love the match because... It's so bad. It's so bad, it's awesome. Like, yeah. Hogan spends the entire, most of the first half of the match running around screaming, he's crazy, brother, get me, get this man away from me. Oh my god, he was, it was not fun. But no, um, and also as well, with with that match as well, um, for those who are wondering what we mean by the ending was botched up, well, there was a segment in the match when Hogan was supposed to get a lighter and some, was it some powder flare sort of stuff and he was supposed he to was light supposed to, yeah light it on warrior and warrior was supposed to do like a comeback and win blind yeah and and, and uh, you know fight blind but hogan botched it and it blew up in his face <laughs> yeah apparently according to hogan um, he couldn't get the lighter to work and then when he did get it to work he accidentally set the um, flint on fire and it went into his face 
And, and oh my god. And and the ending just becomes fucking retarded since then. What is the new finish? Bischoff and the rest of the NWO just come in, throw the referee out, and who turns heel? Horace Horace Hogan. Christ. I forgot he was a thing. Or better yet, we're we talking about Hogan. You remember when Roddy Piper bit him in the ass? Oh, God. That was... That was a great period because, like, the next night on Raw, they uh, WWF had Jim Cornette cut a shoe promo on both Hogan and, and, and Roddy Piper and say, these are the two old fucks who are having a, a match and they're supposed to be considered the greatest of all time. Two out-of-shape assholes having a match on uh, way past their prime. Yeah. And they did, and the match wasn't that good. And even then, even then, no one. It came to what, what was it like a no win? Yeah, because uh, Piper refused a job. He was notorious yeah. for being someone who just refused a job to anybody. Yeah, and the thing was with that as well is that for those who don't know, doing the whole career with Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper, still to this day, not one person out out of the two never defeated the other person in an actual match. They had matches, but the outcome was I always came to, what was it, like, a draw, is the best way to put it. Yeah, because both of them refused to fucking job. <laughs> yeah. and But the problem was that when both of them wrestled back in their prime, drew money. That was the whole point. And that's why, and that's why it's so depressing when you look at, like, the their 80s bouts and how how well, how over they were. And then you fast forward to 1996, both of them are old and, and just out of shape. Yeah. Wasn't good. Wasn't good at all. And again, like, notice how they bring, they kept bringing in guys like Piper and, and Warrior just to feud with Hogan, because Hogan had this had this thing in his contract where he's like, I like this guy, I want him to, I want to work with him, because he just flat out refused to work with the younger guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and also, he, he, yeah, that, that's how uh, Randy Savage got brought in as well. Quite early on, but still, you know. But the one guy they did, WCW brought in that, um, well, I've already mentioned him already, but the one guy WCW brought in that Hogan didn't want it was Bret Hart. <laughs> There's a little reason why him and Bret Hart do not like each other. And it was kind of weird because they were actually building up a feud until, you know... Until they realized, oh yeah, let's turn Bret Hart heel. Uh, until, like, you know, Bret Hart's in-ring career just, like, went to shit and then they're like, well, fuck it. <laughs> well, for those who don't know, Bret Hart's career went to shit because... Um, he at the time he was having a lot of what was it like a load of mental stress and everything like that and it, and he had a load of nagging injuries which he worked through a lot of them and then it was that match with Goldberg where Goldberg basically what was it like super, did like his version of a super kick on him and yeah so it wasn't of, even just it wasn't even just a super kick because you watch that match you you clearly see um, Hart's Hart take a huge bump uh, against the. The ring post. Yeah, that would mean he took that it. Was, that's what it was, and I'm like, you look at that, especially when you put him with a guy with like Goldberg, and Goldberg is just disgusting in, in the ring. Like yeah. he just does not give a shit about the, the health of um, 
the the people he's been he, he, him you know yeah so is it essentially like Brock Lesnar he's like what was it Kennedy back when during his WWE days yeah Kennedy did not give a shit about anyone or anything unfortunately um, I think the other person the other wrestlers I remember that um, I would say um, other moments I remember in WCW as well that um, I can I'm never going to forget about you remember the rest of the dog uh, oh uh, Rick Steiner yeah Rick Steiner when he pretended to be a dog this was an actual angle. Long, basically, he 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 had what was it like a tainer guy sort of thing, and the dog had like this multicolored army thing. He had a dog color, and he literally came out with a dog a a dog belt around his neck, and I came out by chain. It was it was something amazing, but you just couldn't take your eyes off it. Oh, and, and speaking of the Steiners, how can we not mention Scott Steiner? Oh, God. <laughs> Scott Steiner got screwed over with WCW. Because <laughs> here's the weird thing. As bad as Steiner is um, in the ring, he was fucking over in WCW. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was Seriously, hugely he was. over. Yeah. Especially, yeah, during that time period when he was fuming with Booker T. Yeah. He was hugely over. He was hugely he was over and they just did not push him at the right time. They never capitalized on pushing him at the right time. Yeah, and then I think... So, things... he, just, so he just stuck there with in, on pointless feuds until, like, finally they decided, hey, let's push him towards the end of WCW's career. Which they got brought out. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Which was horrendous within itself. And then we got <laughs> we got uh, Steiner's short run in WWE, which was awesome for all the wrong reasons. Didn't him and Tess get in a feud with um, over Stacy Keever at one point? Oh, that was so hilarious! <laughs> yeah, this is going back in two thousand three, so over ten years ago. Damn. Um, Here's your bags. <laughs> God, that was that was that was amazing, yeah. And um, the other thing I remember as well with WCW is that um, you're always guaranteed when you're going to watch it, the, something's going to happen with the NWO, and the NWO are pretty much going to rule the roots for most of the show. That was the one problem they had with it: is that the NWO went on for too long. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that, and and they just had horrible booking decisions. Where, where okay, they built up Goldberg as this monster babyface who had this unbeatable streak, right? So how do how do they kill him? Have Kevin Nash beat him fucking clean in a pay per view? Yeah. All speaking speaking of Kevin Nash, what the worst thing they did with him? The finger poke poke of doom. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, I meant to say WWE Hall of Famer Kevin Nash. Oh, you mean WWE Hall of Famer, the guy who refused to be inducted under the name Diesel? Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame... I, I don't know why... But everyone's like, he should be inducted under Diesel, blah, 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 blah. I, I don't blame him if one does want to be inducted under the name Diesel. Mainly because, and I agree with him on this, Diesel was the worst drawing champion of all time. You don't. You guys don't understand. Like When he won the belt and he kept it for like a year... 
WWF almost went out of business because they were just doing fucking terribly. They could not sell tickets. That's how bad it was. They could not sell tickets to any show <laughs> because he was champion. <laughs> and, and, and even he he jokes about it nowadays, but you, you know it's one of those things at the time. He probably was like, "Well, why is everyone not not you know do, 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 doing this 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 or that?" You know. And um, I think the other thing I remember with with um, was the, the the big thing with WCW is that but let's be fair, if it wasn't for Kevin Nash, the WCW wouldn't have done as well as it did well it well just not him it wasn't for him scott hall and hulk hogan i think wcw would not do as well they did i mean yeah as much as i harp on those guys i mean if it wasn't for the nwo that they wouldn't have given people reason to watch because wcw before the nwo was just kind of a mediocre product to yeah. begin with no, i mean the people were watching when they brought in hogan and stuff like that but the problem was when they brought in hogan hogan was like near towards the end of his twilight years in wrestling, is the best way to put it. I mean, uh, he could still cut, a, cut fantastic promos, but the problem was he was just older, he was out of shape. Yeah. He just... And also the crowd... You know, I, I like Hogan, but come on. Yeah. You know, even I had to admit, like, come on. Yeah. yeah, and the other problem was that the crowd towards that period as well started to hate him so badly. They relentlessly booed him. Sort of like what's happening with John Cena at the moment, but WWE are like, no, 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 we can't turn John Cena heel. Why? Because we need the money. I mean, not even John Cena. I mean, the crowd at least, you know, nowadays they're not booing as hard as they used to. Because back in like 2006, John Cena. Oh my God. Oh, you remember? Oh yeah, God, the ECW crowd. If Cena win, we riot. Yeah, he got nuclear heat back in 2006. So that's nothing compared to the shit he gets now. That's true. But but anyway, back to WCW. <laughs> yeah, but no. Um, again, it's it's again WCW. They did have some good highlight moments, but they had a load of bad ones, unfortunately. And um, I will give them credit credit that when credit due is that I think the one guy, which I think really stayed through it for for the good, the bad, and the ugly, is Sting. He was a trooper. When it came to that product, <laughs> him, DDP, Booker T, they stuck through it. And what's great about uh, DDP was like he was not a young guy. I mean, he started oh. his career at like thirty-eight, and he yeah. kept going, and he put on amazing matches. Yeah. I've got. Have you ever heard the brilliant story from Mick Foley about DDP? Oh, where he farts and. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, about the cookies. Yeah, yeah, the, the oh, cookies. Yeah, God, that was so brilliant. For those that don't know, um, Mick Foley and Stone Cold Steve Austin were all in WCW with EDP uh, back in the very, very early years of their career. And um, Stone, Cold, uh, Stone Cold, Mick Foley and EDP used to travel all together with each other. So they used to said they basically travel in the same car. They said the same hotel room or condo or whatever they were staying in. And, um, so one, and apparently DDP was, I wouldn't say difficult, but he was eccentric to be a roommate with, because he would literally walk around butt, butt, butt naked, as Mick Foley put it as, <laughs> and he used to wrap his, he used to wrap his legs and his lower end, his lower body in cellophane um, as well, during nights and stuff like that, so... Um, 
so one night um, they came back from from a show and apparently someone gave Mick Foley some cookies. And as a joke um, to wind up DDP, um, someone to start off before the whole cookie thing, they, they were doing the whole fart thing to him. So the wind up, and he was lo- the thing with DDP is that he's a wonderful guy, but apparently he's very very easy to wound the wind up sometimes, unfortunately. And they knew this, so the final straw was when they put a shed load of cookies all across his bed when he, when he was just lying there. So when he was rolling in the middle of the night, he just heard this crunching sound, and he just woke up and he just had like cookies everywhere all over him, and he just lost his temper. It was brilliant. <laughs> oh my god, it was brilliant. Oh, that was amazing. I back yeah, I think, I think we should just stop now because we could sit here all day and talk about WCW. <laughs> yeah, that's probably... To wrap it up, just try to wrap it up with my final thoughts on it. WCW, it was an interesting brand. It was it had its good point, it had its bad points, but when it was good, it was good. When it was bad, it was bad. Oh, like I said, if you think the current WWE product is bad, try hunting down some old episodes from 1997 and 1998. Yeah. Yeah, Watch the later period of 1997 to all the way up to its closing point in 2001, and you you will see the decline. It's pretty much family guy, is the best way to put it. Like, it was tolerable, and then just went to complete utter shit. And that's and the wraps and that wraps it up for WCW Memories Volume One. We'll be back for Volume Two when when we get another slow news day. Yeah. <laughs> Give it like two years, guys, or something like that. And then then we'll probably talk about Volume Two. Because <laughs> I haven't even gotten into Goldberg. Oh, oh boy. Oh Goldberg. So yeah, do we have any other news to cover? Um, surprisingly, the Dragon Ball Z movie did a lot a lot better in Japan than expected, surprisingly. So, yeah, because um, I have gone on record on another podcast out of this called Operation Otaku on the CBC, on the comic book cast, and, and even on here as well, on Hello Governor Podcast as, as well, that, and even you said so yourself, this looks so bad on paper, and um, all the stuff they wanted to do with, what was it, like... With um, Freezer coming back and um, all new God forms and stuff, it was like it was going to be a horrendous. But surprisingly, it's done really well at the box office, and I not mean like well in the sense of that it did well in like a small sense. I mean in the sense that it basically beat Fast, it beat the new Fast and Furious film in Japan. That's how big it was. Like that's how. Ooh. <laughs> which for those at the time of this recording Fast and Furious 7 broke over a billion at yeah. the box office mm-hmm. and it beat it out on its first it, on its first two days which is nuts and um, also I want to keep in mind as well just to give you a percentage wise for those who are into your maths that the film sold 20, 27.2 Four percent more tickets than earning forty forty point three more in its first weekend than than um, Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods. So within its first two opening days, it's already beaten its predecessor in the opening weekend, as well. That's that's crazy. 
And the film was made on a budget of the equivalent of $500 million. Within its first weekend, it made $8.1 million. Holy shit. That's for those people wondering, oh, that's not a lot of money. Just keep in mind, this is the Japanese film industry. Their films do make money, but they don't make mega, mega, mega money like, you know, like with, with the Western films and stuff like that. So this is a big deal for them. I think this grossed a lot more than Miyazaki's last film. Yeah, it did, yeah. It's already... It's beaten out a load of stuff, and it's just like... It's it's un, it's unheard of. And um, the other big deal about this as well is that... Um, it's go... It's basically... Guess how many theaters it premiered in, in Japan as well? How many? It appeared in, in both 2D, 3D, and IMAX theaters. That's a total of 658 screens. Wow. <laughs> so... So keeping all that mathematical stuff in equation to what's going on, they also, um, with this whole thing with Dragon Ball C as well, is that um, the film has pretty much been fast-tracked to get out within, to get out in North America. And just not in North America, to scream in North America, they want it to be screamed in 74 countries in total around the world, globally. Well, they kind of have to if they need to capitalize on, on this big um, big draw that they've, that they've got themselves in. Yeah. Well, the point, because there was a load of stupid stuff that building up to this, like they had the Golden Freezer and everything like that. And also, have you seen, please tell me you've seen the, the new um, Super Saiyan God form? Oh, my God. Why? Have you seen it? Yeah, it's, it's fucking retarded. For those that don't know, it's literally, if you turn into Super Saiyan God without the help of other Super Saiyans, your hair just turned blue. So could you get it? <laughs> red? You add red and gold together? It makes blue. <laughs> I, and, I thought, I'm, and I thought fucking Super Saiyan 4 and GT was terrible. This, you this know what, takes fucking cake. You know what's brilliant? This actually makes Dragon Ball um, AF in continuity now. <laughs> oh my god, why? You, you remember when the Superforms actually had blue hair? Why? <laughs> it's brilliant. It's <laughs> amazingly bad, but... But no, I, I, I mean, I'm surprised it did one. Well. Also, as, the other thing they did with it as well, they actually added in to Miyazaki's um, two other current products as cameos and actual parts of the stories as well, so I thought that was that, that was a nice touch. Like I said before, like uh, 2015 and 2016 are going to be like the two years that we're going to get a lot of 90s nostalgia. Yeah. And I was right. I've said this before on this podcast numerous times. I've said, you're going to see more Dragon Ball Z related stuff. And there you go. Now that this has grossed a a lot of money, you bet your fucking ass they're going to do like a new series or a new movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, this is off from web websites well called the um, Deadline, and the report that it has been the biggest open in Japan so far this year, and it made Japan the only territory in the world where fewer seven, like I said as well, beat uh, basically where it would beat fewer seven on its debut at number one. So it's only it's only it's the only film in that territory that beats fewer seven. Everywhere else, fewer seven is at at the top. At the moment, the time of this recording, I think Avengers is going to be out soon, so I'm guessing that's going to top that should top that film, but it's it's unheard of. 
Especially for, like, an anime. Yeah. Like, that's that's what's weird about this, because, like, most anime movies just don't, don't, don't do well in general, but for this to make this much money in Japan, no less, is something unheard of. Yeah, and it's unheard of that it made back its profit within the first two days over its profit, so, you know, it's... You're gonna see a lot more Dragon Ball Z shit in the coming uh, in the uh, next coming weeks. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. So, like I said, the film will uh, Funimation and basically Funimation is going to be dubbing it because they got the license with it, and they're going to be doing it with Toei as well. No, but that's interesting. Because um, Toei wants to oversee this as well, basically um, for the North American release. Cause I think Toei is getting more involved within the North American market ever since the Godzilla film. To be honest. And also disputing the Dragon Ball, helping disputing Dragon Ball C Battle of the Gods over here as well. But no, it's the movie's been screened um, subtitle in Egypt theaters as well, um, as well. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with all these countries. Are they going to dub every single one in these countries to be out by by the, by the time? I reckon that I if they're going to fast track this, try to get this dubbed as quickly as possible, it should be out by was it late July, mid August then. If if they want to capitalize on on the bandwagon or on, they have to like try to get it out by summer at at the very least. Yeah, well, I mean, why I think July, late July, it's probably the, it's an ideal target to just give them enough time. To get it dubbed and get it fully ready to get dispute in the Western audiences. Because again, like uh, the last uh, movie, did a lot did a lot better than people expected it to. But this, oh, this uh, this makes that last movie look like shit in comparison. <laughs> yeah, the box office and the thing was with Battle of the Gods is like, don't get me wrong, I like Battle of the Gods. I thought Battle of the Gods was good. I thought Battle of the Gods was really it was really good and um, review wise, I thought. Yeah, it was it was a really decent film, and um, the only thing was that um, a few uh, when they announced a sequel, would everyone do a sequel thing? And they announced Freezer. No one knew what it was going to be like, and um, but it was all it was okay. It was it was okay, and um, now we got like this whole nineteen nostalgia like you mentioned is going going to start spiring out, going to start spiring, and um, I think. We're going to see more Dragon Ball Z stuff now. And I mean, like I said before, like 2016, like that's when it, you're going to get a lot of 90s nostalgia, <laughs> and companies need to capitalize on that nostalgia. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we we've seen um, what was it like? Um, was it last year? Yeah, last year when it was like the 20th anniversary of uh, Power Rangers. Yeah. And how Saban brilliantly capitalized on on the on that. Um, whole bandwagon by releasing yeah. the, the series on DVD and um, and uh, yeah, having they, some of the old actors come back and all that shit. You're going to see more of that in, in the coming weeks with other 90s properties. Yeah, because this premiered in Los Angeles already and apparently it got a good reception in Los Angeles. So, um, yeah, when, when it's going to get this, apparently it's going to be distributed by um, Toei Company and also 20th Century Fox as well. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, 1920 Vox, I think they want a bit of that money. <laughs> mm. Which, I don't know. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not too fussed about it, but 
again, Rain will see. Um, Resurrection F is looked like it's done really well. It's also it's also retrieved screaming at uh, full um, full DX theaters as well. That's insane. Yeah, for those who don't know what a full DX thing is, it's a motion picture technology owned in South Korea, and um, it allows most motion pictures to be presented in the effectual environment. Is the best way to put it. Like mm-hmm. basically, it's like it's literally like on a full D ride. Basically, you can get the effects of like the seat moving, wind, rain, fog, lights. It's it's like essentially like it's like an experience. Best way to put it. That's insane to think that um, Dragon Ball Z of all things is is getting streamed at at, at those types of theaters. Yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think I think it's amazing that, that it's getting all this attention, and um, like I said, I think it's going to do well, and I think it's going to um, it's it's going to I I just think it's it's going to do well over here, and um, it's going to make its money, and I'm curious to see how people are going to feel about about it, and I, I can't wait to see it see it be dubbed and watch it, you know. And and you gotta want and you gotta realize like for an anime. This is big news because the anime market right now is in a really terrible slump, popularity-wise. Yeah, and so, so, um, to, so to see like something like this get gross up this much money might encourage more people to to to, to you know make anime movies and get them out as as quick as quick, quickly as possible. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Well, this is what I mean, because um, the last anime film that did quite well, I know the Naruto movie, Naruto the last movie, that did reasonably well its own, own right as well. So it seemed to be the more old school anime that seemed to be helping out here, helping anime out just in general. And um, it, you know, and I think Hollywood realizes this, and I think they're going to try to capitalize on this at the moment. Because, you, you know, you remember when, when I told you about that live action Ghost in the Shell film? God. That's actually beginning filming in early 2016. And apparently that came from Scarlett Johansson herself. That kind of ruins out the um, Black Widow rumors. (laughs) This is what I mean. It's like, she's going to be busy. (laughs) Because she's got Civil War to do as well. Yeah, <laughs> and if they're not filming Civil War now, I don't know when. I don't know when they're doing that. Well, I think I think they started filming soon. So, fucking hell, <laughs> that's what I mean. There's a lot going on <laughs> with, with anime at the moment. It, it's it's good. It's it's like well, I'm, I'm happy to see anime doing well again. You know, and it's 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 in, it's it's in a good spot at the moment. You know. And, and you gotta realize, um, I said this before we started recording, like Funimation isn't even gonna dub the final season of Kai. Yeah. So, so yeah. It, you know, popularity-wise, anime is in a slump because you know, when Funimation is not willing to dub Dragon Ball Z, the thing that got them famous to begin with, well, Dragon Ball, you Z. know, they're in, they, you know, anime is in the decline popularity-wise. Yeah, but yeah, again, I think Funimation realized, realized, hmm. 
maybe not let let the movie write us let us do the movie rights. Why not? Well, maybe it has to do something that the film's making a shitload of money at the moment. Yeah, you're probably. I, I can guarantee you, after after the success of this movie, they're gonna do like they're gonna dub Kai. They're gonna finally finish up Kai. I reckon so as well. And because um, those Blu-rays are selling like hotcakes, you can't even get those Blu-rays anymore because yeah. they're they're fucking selling like crazy. Yeah, and I just want to point this out as well, is that um, the previous film, Battle of the Gods, made over 50 million at the box office in, in Japan. Hmm. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting once they actually bring it over and see how much money it makes in total. So, yeah. Good good on them. And we'll see what happens um, later on. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that's pretty much all the news we got, unfortunately. Well, there is other news. Okay, such as? Have you heard about the recent X-Men thing? Okay, I'll quick quickly talk about this. Um, so, for those that don't know, um, in the new comics, that this got leaked by 4chan. Basically, 4chan found it, they leaked it all over the internet, and apparently Bobby Hill, Iceman, is going to be gay. And then a lot of people say, well, what's the problem with that? And Bobby Hill's gay, so what? It's like, well, this is the problem, is that if you've been reading the current X-Men comics, there's a lot of time travel stuff involved at the moment, and there's this whole storyline's going on at the moment, when the younger X-Men meet the older X-Men. And basically, no, with the current X-Men in the current comic meet their younger counterparts from, like, like what was it, like, the, when they first started out. And, um, and so there's duplicates of them running around, younger version running around, and older version running, running around. So the younger version, Iceman, is the gay one. So... And, I, and it's even more insulting when, when they imply that, well, if you try hard enough, you can be straight. That doesn't how that, 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 yeah. <laughs> apparently the whole storyline apparently Jean Grey the young the thing with young Jean Grey she can't control her powers so she reads people's mind accidentally and that's how she finds out that young Bobby is gay <laughs> by accident so essentially this creates a so so let's get this straight so the current Bobby who's the older one is straight and the younger Bobby is fully gay how does that work Gotta love Bendis and his shitty writing. So, yeah, it's not that good at the moment, and Bendis is fucking everything up as per usual. Because, <laughs> you know, this is Mike Brian Michael Bendis, the idiot who thinks that um, nine non-white people can't relate to a white Spider-Man. And and also the guy who was responsible for killing off the half half well nearly the whole entire Ultimate Universe. No, that was uh, Jeff Loeb, but you know, oh, well, that was close awful. enough. <laughs> okay, okay, I take that one back. You win this time, Bendis. But um, <laughs> but no um, never mind. It's okay. This, for those are wondering, we I can imagine the same with you. We don't have a problem with with Iceman being gay. That's, that's cool. I, well, I don't have any problem with that. You don't have a problem no, with that. Right? I, I, the problem I have with it is like you're taking an already established character and fucking them over for the sake of progression when it's not really progression. You're just fucking over. Well, well it, it doesn't make sense because you have the younger Bobby, you know? And the younger Bobby is, well, 
gate and you have the older one. So what? This this creating a time paradox or something? I mean, I guess North Star wasn't gay enough for them. Oh God! <laughs> but no, it just. It's just at the moment the X Men comics are just really, really shit. That's the problem. They are so shit. You you know that they're on their last legs and, and Marvel's doing everything they can to phase them out, right? Well this yeah, oh yeah, they are. The only comic the only two comics that are doing well for X Men is Magneto and Deadpool. And Deadpool's done. <laughs> Yeah, Deadpool. I think Deadpool's going to get killed off because they really because this this I don't I think it's bad of Marvel doing this, but I can understand from a marketing point why Marvel do, does this. Is that it's because it links back to their whole film their whole film division. If they don't have the yeah, right, which I think is fucking stupid. I don't I don't understand why you're holding a grudge against them against Fox of all things when you can still promote the comics. Yeah, and um, the thing is that a Fox. I can understand why. Let's be honest. Fox are just huge, huge dicks. Oh, yeah. They never, never want to play with anyone. Literally, they either have to be 100% their way or not. Peace sake, Sony's finally given in and finally realised that they fucked up royally and finally working with Disney slash Marvel to make a Spider-Man film now. Oh, I got a funny story with Sony after we're done with this because we're yeah. going to laugh at this one. <laughs> And and the other thing is that even Universal, who own the Hulk rights and the Nemo rights, are even realised. But at the very beginning of when they want to do this, this whole you know Marvel Cinematic Universe, they realised, hmm, yeah, our Hulk film in two thousand three didn't do that well. Maybe we should let them make the film for us. And um, and it didn't do well. And now they're like, no, you can just have the Hulk and the Avengers and other movies, and we're not going to give you money to do another Hulk movie. Yeah. You do weirdo. I think they're going to realise once the Avengers film come out and how much money that film's going to make. I think they're going to realise that. Yeah, maybe we should give them. Maybe we should give them the right to make a whole film. Maybe we want some of that money. You know. Also, I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of the decision of yet again Peter Parker being in high school yet again. Well, at least oh. they're going to keep him. At least they look at it this way. Let's let's hope at least they can keep him in high school for at least two films. You I don't know? want another origin story. I'll fucking scream if well, I no, get another no, fucking origin no, have story. You heard Kevin, have you heard what Kevin Feige's already said? What? He's gone on record saying this, that the film will not be an origin story. There will be no origin whatsoever. He will already be in Spider-Man for at least a good few, for over a good few, um, at least at least for almost a year, just under a year. Okay. And he and he gone completely completely off radar. Apparently, they got his costume picked out already, and they got everything sorted. Apparently, there will be no origin, no origin story whatsoever. Right. And he will be in high. They want to keep him in high school as long as possible because they want to do a younger Peter. Uh... So I reckon by the third film, he's probably graduating high school. Then I don't even know. I'm, I'm just—I don't want to see him in high school. I'm tired of of well, seeing Peter Parker in high school. I've seen him in high school for like what three movies now. Well, this is probably the best way to do it. Maybe in the first film he's just a freshman in high school, and then what is it? By the second film he's in his senior year, so he's in last year at high school and stuff like that. And then in the then I don't know, probably in the third film he's just finishing high. He's just literally just finishing high school, and he's left. <laughs> That's what you should do because let's be honest. Some of the, some of 
some of the best stuff on Spider-Man, written-wise, is when he's in high school. I know, but, like, the the Spider-Man, like, I... I, I mean, to me, it didn't really co- become interesting until, like, he left, out, you know, high school. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, because he, he met... He, developed yeah, he met as a character. Oh, yeah, he met Gwen. Gwen Stacy and all that lot and everything like that during high school. You know? That's a really interesting storyline. I think the only time they they did the high school thing right was in Spectacular Spider-Man, and that's it. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. That's the only time I think of them doing it right. And it's the only time when they did it right and the show got cancelled. <laughs> uh, Bloody hell. <laughs> but, but speaking of Sony, I, 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 I love them. Because you can tell they're in financial trouble and they're trying their best to stay relevant, especially in their movie franchises. And have you heard the news about this? Which which news? There's a ton of news on everything. Apparently, they bought the rights. They bought the rights to the Val- Valiant Comics properties, and they're trying to do a Valiant Comics <laughs> universe. <laughs> so they they hand over Spider Man, and then they're like, "Okay, we need a new comic franchise. Okay, let's get Valiant." Which uh, not not a knock against Valiant. Valiant publishes a, gr- a lot of great stuff, but are you do you really want your fucking movie properties to be to be given to Sony of all people? Come on. Yeah. You know I'm all for third I'm all for third party comics. You know getting adaptations, but come on Sony, Jesus Christ, why, why? It's really really bad. And the other They're thing. Like, uh... Yeah, go. Go. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Uh, oh my god, it's it, it, it just—I don't know. Um, it's just with Sony, they just bless their hearts. They try so hard, and they keep fucking up in their movie division. They just need to shut that down. <laughs> they're not making money. But, like they're doing well in everything else, but like the movie division, that cost them a lot of money. Like, yeah. They, they, I mean, give... 2014 was not a good financial year for them. Okay, I give them credit this much credit for signing. At least they didn't they did not distributed and help make um, Paul um, Paul Blart more cop two, at least. Oh Jesus Christ! Apparently that got an incredible that's got a very rare zero rating of Rotten Tomatoes, and that's unheard of. No, no. Have you seen the memes that that they've done for that? It's just literally just the reviews, aren't they? Where they take the posters and they just fuck everything, fuck up with them. It's just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing good about those films, uh, good thing about the film, you see Kevin James just get beat the shit out all the time. <laughs> the fact that we can keep this in mind, we have yet to have a Hellboy three, but we've had, a, but we live in a universe where Paul Blart Mall Cop two exists. And the thing is with um, Hellboy as well, even the guy who played Hellboy himself, oh god, what's his name? Rob Perlman, come on, dude. Rob Perlman, sorry, I, I, I forgot. <laughs> um, Rob Perlman, he even said, he even said himself, if they asked him to do a Hellboy 3, he would literally get back in that makeup chair and get the make on straight away. Because he's like one of the only few actors who can work well with prosthetics. Yeah, well, again, I think the two main actors in that film... Um, um, Paul Blonde and um, John. Oh, where was the other guy? Oh God, it. Doug that's Jones. John Jones is that his name? Doug, Doug Jones. That's Doug. Right. Yeah, that's it. Doug Jones are two two of the actors I can think of who work very very well in prosthetic makeup. 
especially, especially Doug Jones because he's made an entire career of working with prosthetics and. Um, oh yeah, he's been in. He's been in a load of stuff. He's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Born Skies, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. You know, oh, he was in that. <laughs> yeah. And both Hellboy films, so you know, he made a whole career off it. That's the thing. I think he was in, even in um. Oh God, who was it? Oh God, I can't he was a Silver Surfer. Oh God, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and also, yeah, oh God, yeah, yeah. Oh, have you seen the new Fantastic Four trailer? <laughs> no, I uh, it. I'm gonna have to make it make that quick. Um, but I say this much about the Fantastic Four trailer. Looks okay. Still not interested in it. What I think it's interesting, like, a lot of people freaked out when Johnny was announced to be black, but then it turns out that that the dad is black and Susan is the adopted one, which is hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) It looks grimy. It looks gritty. And if if I wasn't mistaken, I would I would have gone and said, wow, is this is this a film made by Warner Brothers for, for their Batman v Superman film or something? You know, after watching the trailer for Fantastic Four, I'm like, I take back everything bad I said about the editing being bad in in the in the Superman v Batman trailer because that looks a hell of a lot better than this piece of shit. Exactly, and um, yeah, um, I can say this much about even though Ben Grimm looks stupid, it, I don't know. Um, it looks okay. He's the only character that looks right. Everyone yeah, else, looks, yeah, yeah. Ugh. I think the only thing that's not right about Ben, he's not orange, but apart from that, he looks good. He looks really good. But the rest of them... You can see no. where the money went. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can with that film. Jesus Christ, you can. And even Doctor Doom looks fucking stupid. Oh, he looks geez. really bad. I, can't they just give the rights back to Marvel, please? Can you just give it back? Come on, please. I love how confident Fox is when they're like, oh, we're, we've already announced the date for the sequel in 2017. I'm like, when this movie fails at the box office, which it will, I want to see them talk shit about making a sequel. I really do. I really oh, yeah, do. Because all this sorry. bullshit talk about we're going to make a sequel ain't going to pan out when the movie bombs at the box office. Yeah, and then I think everyone wants the... The only reason why everyone wants the Fantastic Four right to go back to Marvel, back, the film rights go back to Marvel and slash Disney, is mainly just because people want to see Doctor Doom on screen and Galactus. Because, let's be fair, once Thanos is done, they're going to need someone bigger. And you, you, need to get, you need to take it up at anti. The only way you can take it up at anti is Galactus. <laughs> Let's be real, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. well. That's, that's I, I guess I'm done. We're, we're done. See you all later. So, Bye-bye. <laughs>